This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by The Caring Place. That's the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We've been caring for the homeless and needy of South Florida since 1922. And this program is all about good news. Not only what we do to help those in the greatest of need, but what others are doing in our community to make our community a better place, a safer place, a more productive place. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president of the, the Caring Place. And I've been here, this will be my 28th year. I cannot believe nearly three decades have gone by and the face of homelessness, the face of people that we're helping has changed dramatically uh, over the three decades. When I first got here, it was mainly the crack cocaine person. Um, before I got here, it was the alcoholic and we had a trend, a little period there where there was alcoholism and drug addiction, but drug addiction really was what was taking people out. And then it's kind of matured onto other drugs of choice and opiates and now we're looking at a whole new generation of a homeless men, a woman and children, women that are fleeing domestic violence, you know, families that have no place to go. So again, we are all about seeing people uh, have transformed lives. We're also a Christian organization. Uh, you don't have to be a Christian or, or of any faith to come into one of our centers to, to be served or to help serve others. Uh, we believe in just basic human compassion, loving those that pretty much are consider themselves unlovable and then encouraging them, inspiring them, helping them break the cycle of addiction, break the cycle of abuse, and become happier, um, productive people, you know, good citizens, people that are better parents, better uh, employees, and just better all around, and beating some of those ghosts from the, the past. It, it may be addiction or depression or mental illness. So everything that we're doing every single day uh, in some way is to be able to help someone in great need. Now, right now, uh, we have our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. It's been going on since the beginning of the year. We'll do this for three months. And this is a way for you to really get involved at a very simple level. Go to our website at caringplace.org slash missionhope or just caringplace.org. It's right plastered there in the front page. Uh, and you'll see that we need hygiene products. Can you imagine not brushing your teeth or a comb, uh, having a comb for your hair or sh to be able to shave or maybe to put on, to shampoo your hair, whatever? Uh, we have our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. It takes place again from January to the end of March. And we're asking you simply to order some of our purple bags. Uh, do it online, we'll send them to you in the mail. Some get a few bags, but then there's organizations, there's places of worship, there's businesses, condo associations that you maybe get 50, 60, 100 bags and fill them up with hygiene products. And if you're a traveler at all, and maybe you have some of those small soaps that are not opened or small shampoo bottles that you get at hotels, those are perfect. Uh, put them in there with a comb, a washcloth, a toothbrush, 
uh, new underwear. I know that sounds weird, but something new. And, and other hygiene products are listed there, razors and, and shaving cream. And we will use those items every single day. Uh, it saves us quite a bit of money. You know how expensive hygiene products are. So when people come to us in need, uh, we have a hygiene bag for them. When they come into our program, we give them plenty of toiletries to make sure that they can stay clean and well-groomed. It changes a person's perspective of themselves when they look in the mirror and they actually see someone different looking back at them. It's, it's pretty uh, shameful not to be able to shave and have matted hair. And women come to us with hair all uh, misshapen and, and just looks horrible. But when they're able to take a good shower and get, get themselves cleaned up and then put on fresh clothes, they just start feeling better about themselves that, you know, maybe I can do something. Maybe I should stay here. Maybe I can change my life. And that little small, small, small ray of hope can grow and grow and grow and grow and that's what normally happens it's it's our food how we feed people and it's how we treat them uh, just as human beings not looking down our nose not judging them and tr understanding that you know people can make big mistakes and get caught up in turmoil and get up ca caught up in a lifestyle uh, that just drags people down and keeps people down I don't know how many times I've had a chance to talk to the parents of a person who was on the streets and had gotten their life turned around and how grateful they are and that they never expected their son or their daughter to end up on the streets but they became addicted and became rebellious and they couldn't trust their own children in their own home because things would go steal the, the things would go missing they'd steal the items or the checkbook would be taken or money would be taken out of a, a, a bank account and now their life is totally different they're reunited they're trustworthy and you can just see how thankful they are and how proud they are of their son or daughter that has made such a tremendous change. And, and that's why we want you to do it, do it for those in the greatest of need. Help us with our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. Again, go to your favorite place that you shop and look for the BOGOs. You know, get one toothbrush for somebody in the family and another one for someone in need. Uh, small bottles of shampoo are best. Small bottles of mouthwash or baths, small packets of razors or baths because we don't want them to uh, have to lose them or try to uh, not be able to use them. We want to be able to use them for the time period that they are out on the street before they make that decision to come to us because we're also going to take these purple bags and during our outreaches, we're going to have an outreach on Good Friday. It's called uh, Thanksgiving on Good Friday and we're going to be giving away hundreds of those hygiene bags. We do it every time we have a community outreach. Not only are there toiletry items in there, but there's a card in there, how to get off the streets or how to seek help if you're in a, if you're in a place where you need help, where you need assistance. And that's also good to know that when you're giving something to the homeless, you're not giving them money and we don't know where that money's going to go. Sometimes it is for food, but sometimes it's for something else. Uh, they also, with the the hygiene products have uh, information that they need, how to get a hold of the homeless hotline or how to come to us for help or how to get help from another agency or maybe they're a veteran that needs to get reconnected with the VA. So, And you can download those um, uh, instructions when you go to, to the Mission Hope um, Drive Bag um, website and we'll, you can print them out and then put them in the bags. And also, uh, I would suggest that you keep a couple of those bags in your vehicles because when you're stopped and someone comes to your window and they're looking like they need some money, you can say, you know, I'm not going to give you money, but here's some hygiene products. God loves you. People love you. And there's some information on how you can get off the street. That's very constructive. And so make sure that as you give the hope, 
bags to all of our centers that you're also keeping a few for yourself. And then on February 14th, we have a great uh, Heart for the Homeless Day. That's Valentine's Day. Uh, and we love our homeless every single day, but we make it very special because most of the holidays, we just got done of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, but most of the holidays is when um, depression and lostness are just intensified with those that are homeless because they don't, they're not with family, they're not with friends. The old memories of better days are the ghosts of the past, they come up. So on our February 14th, we're gonna make sure there's Valentine cards. We're gonna make sure that there's spots in our, in our centers that they can come off the street that day. There's be a great meal that they can have and just a time that they can feel that people do care about them. That as the world goes by and has the Valentine, Valentine dinners and all the things that, that are associated with Valentine's that they're not forgotten. You can help us. Go to caringplace.org slash heart. That's caringplace.org slash heart. You can help sponsor meals, not only for Valentine's Day, but through the months of March and April. For $2.10, you can sponsor one meal. And I've been here, like I said, 28 years. I understand that hope often begins with a meal. People just don't come banging through our doors because they're excited about a change in their life and they want to change their life and they want a new beginning. Many times it's because they're hungry, they're, they're hot, they haven't taken a shower in a few days, they look like a mess, and they just want to refresh themselves. But when they're here, they're going to hear a mission of hope, a message of hope. They're going to meet volunteers and staff that are going to say, "Hey, Jim. Hey, Jane. Uh, you can change. Do you want to come in today? Do you want to make a life-changing decision right now? Come into one of our programs. Let us help you overcome what's bothering you and what's preventing you from being successful." So again, we have our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. Uh, that's taking place to the end of March. You can go to our website there and help us with the hygiene drive. And we have our Heart for the Homeless Valentine's Day celebration. That's just in a few weeks. You can help us financially provide meals and much more. Well, God bless you. We've got a tremendous program today. You don't want to miss uh, Jeffrey's testimony near the end of the program. And stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. You know, we'd love to interview people in the community that are making a difference. So uh, I, Marilyn Brummett, sometimes you hear Leanne Navarro doing the interviews, but I have with me today Rachel Tugerman, and uh, I hope I said your last name right. That's perfect. You know, I've known you forever. Perfect, yes. And I know I'm you as Rachel. I've know you forever. Yeah. So I mean, it's terrible if I don't say your last name right. But, you know, you're such a sweetheart, and you're also so passionate in the community Thank and you, there Marilyn. at Florida. Uh, National University, all your, the work that you do. So, Rachel, tell us uh, what you do and what's going on right now that we need the public to know about. Well, absolutely. First of all, I want to thank you so much, Marilyn, with the Miami Rescue Mission. And actually, thank you for doing the amazing work that you do with the domestic violence victims. Uh, and I also want to thank you for being a member of Florida National yes. University's Powerhouse. That, absolutely. So today we want to promote uh, our altruistic cause which is saving the lives of our children, our, our boys, our girls, from the maladies of the pimps, of the criminals that steal and take our children away. So on, on January 31st, which is a Thursday, mm -hmm. beginning at 10 o'clock, we invite all your listeners to go out to Florida National University. The address is 4425 West 20th Avenue in Hialeah. Uh, it's going to and be that's an, right on the 826 yeah, there. It's right off there. You can yeah. see it off the highway. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. Mammoth and, building. It is a mammoth. And building. you got bigger. 
Well, we got two buildings now. We yeah. have the old building, which is the main building, and this brand new building named after, of course, the founding father, uh, Dr. Jose Reguero, who, who died, unfortunately. Mm. He was an amazing human being. Mm. And he was the husband of the president and CEO, Dr. Maria Cristina Reguero. So now we have the Dr. Jose Reguero classroom building. It's gorgeous. I invite you to come out. Yes. And, and, and see it. Maybe you want to host something there. Yes. We have a beautiful auditorium. It's just beautiful. So Florida National University, Maryland, as you know, because you're a member of it, is mm -hmm. composed of over 80 organizations, stellar organizations, like uh, Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. uh, big shout out to Juan Perez, the director of Miami-Dade Police Department, uh, all the day chiefs of police, uh, non-for-profit organizations like yours, Miami mm -hmm. Rescue Mission, for-profit. There's about 80 of us. Yes. And we come together, as you know, Marilyn, mm -hmm. uh, three times a year to mm -hmm. deal with three different issues. Human trafficking in January, missing children in May, and of course, October, domestic and teen dating violence. On this one, uh, we're going to make sure that everybody knows what's the definition of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. We're gonna make sure that everybody's there, that the elected officials, the dignitaries, everyone, uh, learn what are the channels, what are the signs, if you will, mm -hmm. that these uh, pimps, that these criminals, that these perpetrators of violence use to try to uh, manipulate our children and take them and eventually, you know, if they don't, if, if, if they don't run away our kids, to be killed now so. you know no one wants to think that that's in our own backyard yes and yet I just heard on the radio just recently that there was a boy that was found after quite a, a while and so I don't know the whole story behind that and you're talking about the one in San Petersburg yes yeah that, that was amazing and again I want to give a big shout out and I'm, I know that you work very mm -hmm. closely with the law enforcement officials it was in San Petersburg the US Attorney General's office uh, and all the law enforcement officials broke that case. But that's a good point that you're bringing up, Marilyn, mm -hmm. because it goes to show you that it's not only girls, it's also boys. The average age for a girl is around uh, 12 that's being taken, and the average age for a boy is about 11. Mm. It's even less. And as you know, because you are a pioneer in all kinds of movements, and, and I'm blessed to be here before you, and I'm privileged to be here with you, Marilyn, uh, this is a $150 billion industry. That, 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 that's beyond my mind. It's crazy. I, I can't even... It's not, second to drugs. I can't compute that. Neither can I. And these criminals, uh, you know, they, they, they force our kids to have sex uh, 20 to 48 times a day. Think about it. 20 no, to 48 times a day. So uh, this is wrong. This is a crime. Why don't we define human trafficking really quickly? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So human trafficking is when these criminals, these pimps, if you will, um, exploit in three different areas our children and our youth, whether it's sexual exploitation, organ exploitation, or labor exploitation, all for their commercial gain. Mm. So talking about sex trafficking, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you, if you drive certain neighborhoods, you might see some prostitutes. And, and, you, and you're saying to them, oh, look, this is a life they've chosen. That's not true. Mm. Most of them are being trafficked by these pimps. And a lot of them are afraid to get away because when they tell their, their, their pimps, listen, I want to leave. I don't want to do this. They'll say, if you leave, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your associates. I'm going to kill your family members. So there's a lot more to be said about prostitution. We didn't know this uh, years ago. But as we get more and more uh, better understanding, if you will, mm -hmm. of this as a very intricate subject matter, we realize that but people are in prostitution uh, for the most part because they're obligated, they're forced, or they use coercion or fraud, and that's how they get into this horrible mess. Now, Rachel, um, I know you, you, you bring such a, a, 
large group of people together from all walks of life, you know, to focus um, on these issues. If somebody's listening right now and they said, you know, I, I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be part of, of even coming to the group and listening to what I can Absolutely. do. Could they come to the meeting? Yes, of course. Uh, would you like me to give out the yes, number of the university? Yes. So it's Florida National University. We're an accredited university. The telephone number is 305-821-3333. Rachel Turgeman. Okay, well, that's wonderful. Now, if you didn't get that, you always know that you can um, d even go to the website of my uh, caringplace.org, and I'll be happy to give that to you. But that was from Florida National University. And um, was it this number that I have on the card? Yes, the 821-305-821-3333. Okay, so that's easy. 305-821-3333. Okay. I, I also want to give out the national hotline number okay. for human trafficking one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. If they have any issues, they need some guidance, they can call the national hotline and it's it's open twenty four seven. And of course if the, if you know what's going on after you know after you do that, call nine one one. The police here in yes. South Florida they're amazing. They're very much in tune yes. and they're catching these criminals. Well, I, when I've come to your meetings and I've seen that the you know the police uh, are there representing, and we're not just talking about you're talking about the head honchos, right? Absolutely. Uh, they're there at the meetings because they do care, and then and when you have the gatherings where you're actually you know, with the signs and everything, they're up there on stage, Absolutely. you know, the, and they're it's, telling these kids you have to be aware of what your surrounding is and what's going on around you. You can't just be oblivious and on your phone and you don't know and you don't know who you're talking to you don't know who you're socially talking to the internet the internet issue. going you, to bars and to discotheques uh, watch what they're putting your drinks all those variables yes yes so you are getting that information out to our young people we are you remember the powerhouse too <laughs> don't forget that <laughs> don't forget well that. um i just think it's amazing what you what you do now what's the event coming up yes it's uh, the fourth annual human trafficking awareness and prevention rally Thursday, January 31st at 10 o'clock. We want to see everybody at Florida National University, 4425 West 20th Avenue in Hialeah. Yeah, so if you later on, you might want to come to the powerhouse meetings. But hey, this yes. is the first way, um, if you haven't been before, why don't you come out? It's easy to come to. I mean, it's right by it's, the expressways, as you said earlier. Yeah, and it's outside, uh, right there next to the buildings of Florida National this University. This one's a little bit interesting, Marilyn, because this one is a rally mm -hmm. and a walk. Okay. So it's twofold. It's twofold. Listen, may, put it on your calendar, January 31st, and say, you know, this year, 2019, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to find out more information how we can stop this human trafficking in our own backyard. Absolutely. Thank we want so our much, kids Marilyn. to be safe. We do. We do because like Dr. King says that we're all interrelated through a single garment of destiny. What affects you, Marilyn, what affects me, what affects every single one of your listeners affects all of us. That's right. Well, that goes back to the saying it takes a village to raise a child too. Absolutely. So, so we have to protect each other and yes. the only way we're going to do it is by educating, putting God first in your life, yes. educating everybody and I want to thank again all the illustrious leaders of Florida National University's powerhouse a big shout out to them. A big shout out to our president and CEO, Dr. Maria Cristina de Guedo. And let's make this happen. Let's save the lives of our children and youth. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for being on the program today. God bless pleasure. you. We I love you. I love you. And, and I love all, you, too. <laughs> and most of all, God loves you. Leanne Navarro here, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center. I'm so excited because today we have in the studio 
one of my colleagues. Oh my God, David, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me here, Leanne. And I'm I'm happy because I never I've never had an interview with David before. David Beltran is the coordinator for all of our campaigns, all of the campaigns that our wonderful listeners and supporters can in, can get involved with. They can actually talk to David about it, and we have so many so many of them going on all the time, right, yes, David? We do. So, what exactly are we working on right now? Yes. So uh, to start the new year, we we have a new push, uh, particularly for hygiene items. Um, so as people hearing us right now can imagine, um, we house about 300 plus people um, and those people need soap and they need shampoo and they need razors and, and all of these self-care items that, that we all take for granted. Um, and so we are asking our community partners out there, um, our, our, our churches, our, our businesses, our families to kind of just um, collect these hygiene items, go to Walgreens, go to CVS, go to Walmart um, and get the items from there. Um, and bring them into us, uh, and and this campaign is called Mission Hope. Um, so, the the reasoning behind that is that you know we believe that there's hope when people can shower and can and can and can feel themselves clean, um, because homelessness can be something that um, you know many people associate with being dirty. Uh, so so yeah, so so that's what we're working on right now. Um, you know, then we're we're coming up with our Easter season. Um, we'll, we'll be collecting Easter baskets, um, and that is something for the kids in the community uh, and, and, and the families that we serve. So, I mean, imagine, I mean, just that number that David mentioned is just for the Miami Center. Let's keep in mind that we have three centers, Miami, Hollywood, Pompano, um, and just at the Miami Center also, which is very important to mention, um, people from the street, people that are not in our program, people that they don't they don't live with us yet. So they either homeless or they they're in any kind of situation, but they need to take a shower. The Miami Rescue Mission, the men's center will give them the opportunity to come in and actually take a shower and get clean clothes. So yes, David, I agree with you. We are always in need. I always say that the Mission Hope campaign, you can do all year long. Yeah. I know we always do it at the beginning of the year, <laughs> but it's such a fun campaign because yes. it's so easy also. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know companies that will put a box in the lobby and will mm-hmm. tell the employees, hey, collect items for hygiene items. Yes. And it could be anything. It could be toothbrush, uh, toothpaste. I have to say, please, new uh, new items <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is what we're looking for. Um, but it's so easy. Yeah. What other places do you see people doing these campaigns? Um, yeah. So, for example, uh, we've had a lot of success with different schools who do that. Um, so we need you know, if you're listening to us and you're a teacher, you're an administrator, even if you're a student at a high school, at a college, um, you can make that difference. And you can uh, go and, and reach out to the administration, reach out to different student groups um, and and plan something where you can collect different hygiene items um, for the new year. You know, this is this is a time when people are making resolutions. And for many people, the resolution is to give back to the community. And this is a way that you can provide an opportunity for the members of your community to give back to 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 Miami um, where they live, and so you know schools, churches, we also um, really appreciate when they partner with us um, because they normally uh, can can mobilize their members uh, to give to us, um, which is which is very exciting. Um, you know places of business as well, 
Um, you know, so, you know, apartment complexes, you know, you know, people, people can get really creative with this. You know, you can. And you anybody can, can do it. Yeah. I mean, I know people that tell me, oh, I travel a lot and, and I get a lot of items. So let's remind everyone, how do they get in touch with David? So you can go to our website, www.caringplace.org mm-hmm. slash mission hope. Yes. And that once you fill out the information, David will get in touch with you almost immediately. Yes. Uh-huh. And he can send you purple bags for you to collect the items uh, and all that good stuff. We also have an event that I don't want to forget to mention. We have a bowling event coming up on February 22nd. This is an event that the girlfriends will be hosting to benefit women and children coming out of domestic violence and abuse. For more information, please get in touch with, with us. And thank you so much, David, for joining us today. Okay. No, thank you so much, Leanne, for having me. Well, once again, I'm Marilyn Brummett, and it's that time in our program where we listen to a life-transforming testimony and story of our men and women. Today, I have one of our men uh, from our men's program, and his name is Jeffrey. I'm so happy you are here today and willing to tell your story. I know it's not easy, so welcome uh, to the program, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's go back in time, Jeffrey. Uh, let's go back to, to something in your life and maybe the catalyst where you feel like it maybe eventually led you to the mission. But uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, well, my name is Jeffrey. Uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, first nine years of my life, all I knew was the church. I went to Sanctified Church, Baptist Church, four or five days a week. So. It was instilled in me to love God, worship God, follow God. So that was basic rule that stayed in me all my life. So I go back to around, I stayed with a, matter of fact, I stayed with a pastor for two and a half years, off and on. Hmm. The pastor of my church, they let, used to let me stay there with him three or four days a week. And um, when I got six years old, I had to start school and I left, I stopped going to the house which is a, a thing occurred in my life which really transformed me a whole lot more. At six years old, I went to school. The first day of school, I came down with the chicken pops. Mm. That was a Monday. And Wednesday, I came down with the mumps. Oh, my goodness. And I went to the doctor, and I had 102 fever. And the doctor said, you know, it, at your age with this kind of fever, you come down with brain damage. And um, the pastor and his wife from my church, came to the hospital to pray for me. They let me out, and on uh, Friday, I came out with the measles. Oh my goodness. So in one week, I had the chicken pops, the mumps, and the measles. Huh. I had 102 Unheard fever for of. like four days, and but prayer got me through it. So there's power in prayer. Mm-mm-mm. And, um, and I got the nine years old, I got baptized, which was another turning point. And um, after I got baptized, crazy thing is my mom came down with brain meningitis. Mm. And my father was working night shift, so my brothers never always run the screw. I'm the youngest, so it was upon me to get up to go to school in the morning. But before I go to school, I had to get her coffee, get her pills, make sure she all right, and all the good stuff, which was a good thing because I feel like your your mom is your first teacher. Yes. While you're in the womb, whatever she do, that that trains you to do the same thing in your life. So it was instrumental. So what? As you're older, what what happened? Uh, as I got older, 
I got involved in stuff that caused crime and got in some stuff. I got in some mess. I've been to prison three times. So, Was that because of peer pressure or what really caused you to go down that path? Uh, I have a term I use, and I'm not trying to slight nobody, but I believe it was predestined because it wasn't no peer pressure. Well, i put it like this here. My mom, when she came out brain meningitis, she couldn't work no more. Mm-hmm. So I had to do certain things to help pay the bill, make the slack, because my brothers wouldn't, and my father, you know, he he was a drinker. So that came that became primary in his life, drinking. Mm-hmm. We became secondary, so there was times when the lights went off, and I wasn't cool with that because, you know, when you're young and stuff happened in your life, you become taunted by other kids. So I had to do something that I wasn't happy with and wasn't pleased with, but it was necessary to help pay some bills. And Okay, so you had some hard choices at a very young age. Yes, ma'am. That kind of maybe led you to maybe making money in the wrong way. Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, we're uh, unfortunately, we have a break. Um, we don't want to miss Jeffrey's story, so he has more. I mean, he's he's kind of painted a picture as to what his life was in the beginning and what kind of led him to make choices that were not so good. So don't turn that dial. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Jeffrey's story. Well, I'm glad you stay tuned, and uh, if you just tuned in, we're listening to the story of Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey is telling his story of how he actually started as a very young child, um, on the right path. He had a godly mom, a godly pastor. Uh, but um, there were other family members that were also in a different realm that had influence on you. And so let's pick up the story there. Um, you needed money to help take care of mom, and then you had a family member that, how did he influence you? Well, um, he was in the heavyweight, and uh he was giving me a two hundred fifty dollars allowance. That he was in the drug business. Yes, he was in. He was heavily, and um. So he looked like he was the good guy, giving you two hundred fifty dollars a week to help take care of mom. But where was that money coming from? And that was the that was right, the issue. Right, right. And being an inquisitive kid, I was. I had to investigate to make sure where it was coming from because I know you had, you raise up, you know, all money and good money. So I investigated, found out where it was coming from. And I wasn't, I mean, it didn't deter me at all. And as he was giving me the $250 allowance every week, my uncle asked me, why don't I get some drugs for him? And they were like, yeah, I know he'll give it to you. And I was maybe 11 years old at the time. And um, I went to him and I asked him, I said, well, would you give me something so I could sell? He's like, if I give you something, you know, it, you, you're going, I'm going to change your life forever because if I give it to you, now you're going to be a part of my lifestyle. So he wound up giving me a, a, a nice quantity. I took it back to my uncle. He bagged it up, sold some of uh, used some of uh, But the people in the projects where I was staying at Scott Project, it was some of the best stuff out there. So while he was doing what he was doing, he had to come back to me by the following week and they were like, man, people like it. Why don't you just start getting some and I'll sell it for you. So anyway, it led you into that, and that was a lot of years, and you were with some high-powered drug people that if we actually said the names, everybody would go, uh, but it, it could be a TV 
show right you're telling me a little bit off air so we really can't go into that but it did not lead into a good place instead it led to where prison yes yes it, it, it led me to prison and prior to me going to prison um I, I, I was I was making I was like a fortune 500 country real talk yeah and um but you know just on the wrong side of the law right and, and, and there's nothing free in this world you know I wasn't happy with what I was doing but I was happy taking mothers off welfare and doing something good doing something constructive because yeah. it seemed like that you were helping people, but the problem is you're doing it off the backs of right. people that are addicted, and then that's not good. Yes, ma'am. So in prison, though, something miraculous happened. You rededicated your life back to the Lord. You yes, started ma'am. taking some, I'm just going to say it so we can get it in here, um, Jamie P. Gillis um, Bible course uh, yes. in prison. You got like 12 certificates. You yes, were ma'am. really into it. For two and a half years, I took that course. So you really were making a change in prison. Yes, ma'am. So when you came out, now in prison, you had actually seen in the library, you said you actually saw the right, mining rescue mission. Right. But I when see. you came out, you had to help mom again. Yes, yes, so, yes. So you're back from, with mom. Yes, I came back to help my mom again, and um, she wound up passing away. And and first thing came to my mind was, let's get back to the church where I could get my foundation, get built back up, stay strong. And I went to a neighbor, and she told me about the rescue mission. So I came there, paid a visit, got in. Now I'm back on track. Got God in my life. I'm recommitted to God. So it's a great thing. You know, you really could be a TV. We we couldn't get it all in, but you could be a, a TV show. You could you you need to write your book. Oh, <laughs> you, maybe. You, yeah, you maybe. need you need to do that. You need <laughs> you need to write it down because it was just too much for our particular little program here. But Jeffrey, I really believe that God's taking you to a new level, new place. And uh, we want to hear back from you again. Thank you listeners for listening to Jeffrey's story. You know, these stories are real, listener. Um, these are happening to our men, women, um, and as they come in, they really do find a new way, a new path. God, it really does make the difference. It it really does fill that God void. So hopefully you have touched someone today to not either give up on someone you're praying for, or maybe it's you yourself that need that change. Remember, the Miami Rescue Mission is here if you need to come. God bless you, Jeffrey, for telling your Thank story. You. You know, it's really the highlight of our program when we can hear people talk about their changed lives and what a story Jeffrey has. You know, everyone that's homeless is not the same. You can't put it, it can't be stereotypical. Many of the things that homeless people go through, people that are experiencing homelessness, that's both men, women, and women with children, uh, there's some commonalities, but everyone has a different life. And here you have Jeffrey's life of getting involved in crime, being put in jail, and now his life is being radically changed and it's because of our donors and our supporters our prayer partners our faith community our business community that comes alongside of us uh, to help us serve over 1300 people every day and we serve thousands uh, close to 20,000 people last year but it's always about that one person that one woman that one family that come to us in great need and their life has really been turned around so thank you know, I, I often don't thank enough the people that help us. So thank you if you've given uh, dollars, if you've given of your time, uh, maybe you've given of what you have in your home. You know, we have a thrift store operation. 
a bargain barn it's called us on 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue it's a place where we generate funds for our programs but it's also a place where our people in our programs are learning soft skills to translate when they go out and get a job now we'd love to have someone become a truck driver or a truck assistant or a cashier or a furniture stager but we're really looking at uh, what most employers are looking for are the people dependable can they follow instructions can they handle um, difficult situations how do they get along with co-workers what is their attitude like and so they may be sorting clothes they may be putting things on shelves they may be helping with customer contact whatever they're doing uh, that could lead to a pathway to a job outside uh, when they graduate but it's also about can they maintain that because for many of the homeless they have a very very spotty uh, job uh, record you know they get on a job the, the drugs have taken them away from that or life ex experiences have taken them away and so they might have worked six months here or a year here had been off for a year uh, maybe they work two days here they've gone to day labor and worked and so it's very important so that's another way that people have helped us so we want to thank you for doing that in fact if you have furniture you're changing for the spring or you have patio furniture if you have cars or boats uh, go to our website at caringplace.org you'll see right there how to give and we'll come up and pick up the bigger items, but if they're smaller items, a few bags of clothes, we'd really appreciate you dropping them by our Broward Outreach Center or our Miami-Dade Centers. And the, the address are listed there. And, and that way we can use them daily, and we're serving 1,300 people. We need a lot of clothes, but also for our furnishings that we are not able to use and give to our graduates, we can put them in our thrift store. And instead of just having our hand out all the time, be a little bit more self-sufficient. We don't make a ton of money, but we do make some. And most of the people that shop at the store uh, are really struggling financially too. So they will find bargains at the Bargain Barn located 8700 Northwest uh, 7th Avenue. So again, thank you, our team of donors and supporters. We can't do all that we do without them. We do get some contracted money from, from Broward and from Miami, but it's for specific programs that nowhere near is what it costs to run the entire operation. We have a health clinic, we have an education center, we have a building that's being used as a um, day school, it's called Care Elementary. Uh, we're doing summer programs for the kids. There's a lot going on, and that's why we need your support. And another way you can help is to be involved in our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. I mentioned that earlier in the program. Uh, you go to our website, and you'll see a great big box there. I'll take you right to the Mission Hope Hygiene page we will send out purple bags to you that you can fill with hygiene products we will use them every single day we'll give them to others uh, during outreaches and you should keep a couple for yourself so that you can give to those that are on the street there's a place you can download and print out a you are worth it card to tell people how to get help well god bless you thank you for tuning in uh, we have an exciting year coming up we want to be able to help more people and continue our vision that no one is homeless so tune in next week right here on 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.